How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to the Green and Black Podcast. This is senior sports writer from Kaleo, Tanner Hayworth, joined by my, you know, hopefully recovering sports editor, Reese Nagaoka. Reese, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, actually. Yeah. Recovering? Yeah, recovering. I had a really good, had a really good day. Um, really good weekend, actually. I got to go out to. Uh, we got a lot of dirt in our eyes from this weekend. <laughs> yes, we could <laughs> from the Paradise Classic for softball. For the one, the one day we did actually go to softball. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was very windy. That was a very windy day, and I got to do a lot of other fun stuff. I got to go to uh, uh, high school state swimming championships. I think you're which all- which turned out great, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, shout out to Punahou. Yeah, and then I think. Um, Someone set a state record, I think, for the 400-yard medley. It was Iolani's, right. trying to remember the name. Was it Stone? It was Stone like Stone that? Miller, Evan Stone Wong, uh, Finn Arielaga, Arielaga. I think I'm butchering that. And then I think it was LT Stansel. Stansel. There's some really great names, by the way. Oh, yeah. From that group of people. But not a lot of people will probably be very no, I don't think they, in our I don't think they came for. swimming talk. I don't think they came for this. I think we have to go <laughs> into some of the other topics we're going to talk about totally. today, right? Yeah, but first, before we start any of this, this is being recorded on Valentine's Day, February 14th. So first of all, happy Valentine's Day to you, Reese. Uh, but second of all, do want to put out, you know, thoughts and prayers. There was absolutely, you know, devastating news Mm -hmm. of the mass shooting last night at east lansing at michigan state there were at least two separate you know incidents with the shooter the shooter in the end did you know commit suicide afterwards but there were three dead from that incident and five injured at least five injured and you know just want to extend thoughts and prayers to all those that are affected by the shooting you know i have a very close friend and you know a bunch of other really close friends that live up in east lansing you know and go to slash did go to michigan state so i just wanted to extend you know my thoughts and prayers to those you know out there that are just dealing with this absolutely just terrible situation michigan state has already put out a bunch of stuff you know uh canceling all on-campus events for the next 48 hours so that does um cancel i believe at least two sporting events for michigan state and it was nice to see you know all the support from you know other schools you know like i saw a post from like ohio state and michigan especially like their barstool accounts even extending hands which is you know sometimes a little bit funny when i'm like oh yeah that's right the barstool college accounts can be nice to each other (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah it was uh, absolutely um it was very devastating to read about to even I mean, the it. videos were, it was, uh, were just yeah. terrible to see, just of, you know, and it's just rough because, you know, especially you and I, you know, college students, you know, in Hawaii, we never really have to deal with a lot of these mass shooting events. I was lucky enough five years ago to go to the March for Our Lives in Washington, D.C., because today is the fifth year anniversary of the Parkland shooting as well in Florida. So me personally, as much as I'm, you know, devastated it is equally as you know disappointing that five years after such uh such a terrible point in our country's history that we're still dealing with very similar issues that could easily (laughs) i say easily that could be you know dealt with if you know the people in power could actually do something but 
to get off our high horse as everyone turned off our podcast there or you know kept pressing the 15 second <laughs> if skip button. if you're still listening to this thank you thank because... you i got on my high horse there but it's i think it's something important that all of us you know students and younger you know a lot of younger people do resonate with i feel like personally oh least. no question absolutely but to you know on a terrible transition of some shooting woes let's go to men's basketball. oh my god <laughs> um men's basketball this team is just it's just it it escapes me sometimes because listening in to the Fullerton game um, cuz I had that night off so I you know went home and slept uh, I did listen to the game on the radio you start off the game perfectly I think it was you started off the best way you think you can you go 6-0 run 6-0 off two shots and you're like okay it's going to be one of these kind of games. And rather immediately, it goes Fullerton's way. Mm-hmm. Halftime, it goes 30-15. to 15. Sure, it's a 52-51 to 51 loss. We had three chances to get you know, the lead there uh, at the end with Jovan, Hepa, and Smutave all missing shots there. All contested, you know, layup, put back, and shot, uh, respectively. But... Looking at this team, it's not a question of our defense. We know our defense can be elite at times. Mm -hmm. I mean, you go from 30 and 22 points. That's very impressive for two halves of basketball, especially in the modern, you know, basketball where where shooting threes is king. Um, But it's the same question every single week. And it's the same question we had, you know, for the last couple of years is this offense just stagnates just terribly. And when you're looking at this team, you have five guys that can do it. Von, uh, Joe Von McClanahan, you know, has proven this year that he can be that guy. Noel Coleman proved last year that he can be that guy. Kamaka Hepa has had two 30-point performances this year. Bernardo da Silva is very good in the post, and Samuta Avea has shown that he's still that guy that can, you know, dominate with the ball. Yet, we're here. And when you look at this team, do you think it's more of everyone needs to step up a little bit? Or does someone on offense just need to say, hey, give me the ball, I'm going to do this? I think it's a collective effort. I think you do need to step up. You can't have someone who will be, yeah, I want the ball. Well, you you want somebody who's like, yeah, I want the ball, but if they're not going to convert these shots, I think it's just got to be a full collective thing. And the other thing you have to think about, right, is this is what this 20, we're 25 games in almost. This is the same starting five they rolled out all 25. The the, the stat last week was they're one of seven teams in the Division One to do it, and they run a tight rotation too. Right. It's it's hard to answer off the bench. And this is a team, you know, who last week there was no beyond Riley. Right. Which is, you know, for us really important um, because he does, you know, give that really great defensive boost. He gives a great boost on rebounding as well. And at points, for some reason, he's like somewhat automatic for mid-range, at, it feels like, <laughs> where, where he'll just run down the court and pull up mid-range and he'll just make it. And it's just like, sure, that's awesome. Um, it's like an added th- bonus. It's an why. added bonus. Do you think that having Beyond for this Fullerton game would have been that difference? 
I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. He he kind of you could kind of make the argument that he he helps what he helps other people in right. the sense like because like first off, the dude reba- gets offensive rebounds like Rodman. Yeah, which is crazy, and you kind of we kind of saw it on Saturday, right? I mean, Smutsavilla had like seventeen rebounds. You got to right. think how much of a factor would he have been otherwise if he just didn't keep having to pull down boards every so often? I guess right. I guess when you look at this season, we're going to get to 20 wins. If we don't, I've <laughs> that's yeah. absolutely terrible. But we will get to 20 wins. I know that Aranganat got signed to that four-year extension earlier last year after the season. It was a four-year extension because it was the same number as Laura Beeman. Okay. I remember that. Very. I remember that. And if, if Aranganat and this team – can't get past the second round of the Big West postseason. What would your view of this season be? I think I think they showed their potential, especially in the non-conference, like winning the Diamond Head, winning the North Shore, you know, almost winning the um, the Rainbow Classic, what they could have done. And I don't know, it just always seems like when you – when you look at Hawaii these past couple of years, they do really good in the non-conference. They, they right. play out, they play complete games, everything. <laughs> well, I would find that this year we've kind of done this. Like you said, not only the non-conference, we've been consistently this team this entire year. Mm-hmm. We'll play a bad half, and then we'll play a good half. We'll play a good half, and then we'll survive in the second half. Very rarely do we ever put together two good halves. Even in the non-conference, it happens. You look at our two losses to uh, Yale and Texas A&M Commerce. Two absolutely terrible first halves there. But then in the back end, yeah, we almost win both of those games. You know, one because of, you know, a ref. (laughs) And another, I think we can all agree that Yale won that game. But... This is the team we all we from the beginning. This team has been this team, and sure, guys like Cody Williams and Morsek have and Harry Ruliadef have all improved as the year have gone on. I'm excited to see how they play out, you know, as Hawaii goes on. But when this year ends, we're gonna lose Hepa, we're gonna lose Avea, potentially we're gonna lose Coleman. From what I've heard, that that's kind of a guarantee at this point from some people. That Coleman's not going to return for another year for eligibility-wise because it was, like, for NBA. I don't know. So he's thinking of going pro? Is that what? That's what I've heard. Because I'm pretty sure. These are rumors. I mean, he's going to graduate this semester. There's no question about that. And once you graduate, you do kind of have that choice of, okay, so do I just stay here for another year? I just don't know. You know, he can probably find his way onto somewhere. The other thing you have to – oh, no, keep going. Oh, no, go. You go. No, the other thing you have to mention, you, you, the one player you didn't mention was Bernardo because I believe he's also going to graduate right. this semester. So so then you look at this team now, and if, I mean, this team is, in my opinion, Big West title or bust. If we don't get the oh, Big no West question. title, this this year's a disappointment. I mean, I think all coaches would say that. That's like, yeah, of course our goal is to win the Big West. But I think in years past, if, like last year, us winning one, game in that postseason tournament was fine because i was like look we had a lot of injuries next year will be our payoff year and now we're here 
and this is supposed to be our payoff year. Well, a lot of people were like, this is probably the, the best roster Aranganat has put together himself, right? In right. his eight seasons as, as a UH head coach. And yeah. You're right. I think this is a, obviously, this is a Big West title or bust kind of thing. I mean, it, regular season doesn't really matter a lot, but you need to start getting it together yeah. now before. And it's also equally as, you know, just disappointing because you had opportunities to improve this team. I think with the freshmen that they got, like Willie Def, like Sec, and Cody Williams, those three guys have been good additions. They've been good off the bench. Sure, we lost Juan Munoz for the for the entire season, where he would have been great. We lost Samara Lotto for what seems to be the rest of the season, but we won't know if he'll return for the Big West or not. You look at the two transfers in Ryan Rapp and... Matias Svetosarovic. Yeah. Um, Brian Rapp, I understand, has been dealing with that injury from mm-hmm. the early in the year and has been dealing, you know, trying to get up to game speed is what I hear every single week. Uh, Svetosarovic, I'm so sorry. I can't remember his last name, but he, he doesn't play. And this is a team that lost Jerome DeRosier last year. A guy who we desperately need this year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think it's just disappointing because this is the payoff year and we could have made it a lot better. And yet it just kind of feels like we're playing with a slightly better team than last year when all is said and done. Because I just feel like at this point, if we win the Big West title, it's going to be a miracle. In my opinion, when I've looked at the teams we've lost to, because what we just have to hope that you, um, what's uh, UC Irvine or uh, Fullerton, Fullerton gets, just happens to they get. get they happen to lose and well, us not play about, them. You got to think about Long Beach State, and right? You have to think about a lot of teams in this in this conference. I mean, I don't even think you can count out Riverside at some point. No. it's just. But that's the Big West. We, you know, we're all good and we can all beat each other. But I feel like we could have done something in the off season to make sure that. You know, we could have streamlined this process to where we are a clear favorite. Yeah, we were voted number two uh, in the preseason polls, but I don't think we've done anything to be close to that expectation. I can be, you know, surprised this week if we do well. You do have to play Long Beach at the Pyramid, which is always hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, good luck to the team. I hope we can, you know, keep up our winning ways and you know put together two good halves but until until you know all said and done right now it just feels like it just feels like we're watching a team and we're just hoping every single game that we put together two good halves where i want to go to a game and feel comfortable (laughs) and not have to hope that's the that's the worrying thing because if they did happen to put up a good first half it's like oh no what's gonna happen now (laughs) yeah then you're like oh man yeah it comes um now to quickly move over to the other side of the ball in Wahine basketball, they do have a road sweep. Um, you're looking at this team, and we all, th- I think it's comfortable to say that we all thought it would be over by this time now. Uh, it's a rough non conference schedule. Um, it's been an okay regular season, and then you lose three, uh, three of your players in uh, Jovi Lefotu. Uh, Jackie David, Olivia Davies, and you're like, okay, well, that's the season. Now you're looking at this lineup. 
we've seen this same kind of starting lineup of Kelsey Imai, Lily Wahine Kapu, McBee, uh, McKenna Hare, and uh, Kellen Spiller. Do you think, and this feels weird to say, and it kind of feels a little gross to say, do you think these, by removing the those three players, it's actually somewhat helped the Wahine a little bit in trying to finalize kind of like a consistent starting lineup? Uh, I, I, Not I, to say that it helped. It doesn't help, but like they, they just didn't have a choice necessarily. Right. Like we... we we talked about this last week. I was talking about with this with Brian McInnes, and he's kind of like, "Yeah, now they they're forced to run this." But you, they lost three really key players in right. their rotation, and Jovi Lefoto, uh, Jackie David, Olivia Davies would have been a really good scorer off the bench. And I think you know Deja Phillips has filled that part of that role now. It's just what it's just they got forced into doing this, and it's working for now. And I we'll figure it out. Because what's nice is when you look at this lineup. You do have just from what feels like from four out of five positions, you have great three. You have good three point shooters. Yeah. From Lily to Spiller, you have good you know distributors in Kelsey Emi and Lily as well, um, and solid defense because it's a Laura Beeman team. They'll always have good defense yeah. no matter what. <laughs> and like you said, and then you have Deja Phillips coming off the bench who what scored eighteen on Saturday. Yeah. So when I'm looking at this team, like. I feel a little more excited about this team because I think they're starting to build something here. Because now that you lost three players, now you're thinking, okay, no one thinks we're favorites anymore. Everyone's going to be thinking, okay, this is not going to be the same strength of Hawaii that we normally see. But I think it's a really great way to add a chip to your shoulder. And there's this thing that I had heard over the weekend because, you know, the Super Bowl, you had Travis Kelsey, you know, coming out and saying, no one thought we would win. <laughs> um, you go back to the national championship for college football in Georgia where they had a player that came out and said, no one thought we would win. No one thought we would even get here. The best teams in your leagues are the best at fabricating uh at fabricating just being the worst. Uh, just when you have a way to put that chip on your shoulder when it's not really there, I think that's very vital for a team like the Rainbow Wahine who have, are coming off of a great season last year to say, hey, we got a chip on their shoulder. No one thinks we're as good as anyone think that we were supposed to be. I think that this is a good push for the team that kind of just needed help throughout this season trying to find someone to help lead this team you know what i mean yeah i agree and i think it's it's the wild west it's the wild big west i guess you put it and especially because i mean look where hawaii's at we're we're about what like i'm not good at math i'm gonna say we're about 65 percent through the schedule right maybe 70 there's still fourth fourth place in the Big West. They're three games back behind first piece first place Long Beach State, which is who UH is playing on Saturday. <clears throat> um, I mean, there's still a chance for them. I think they can really build off of. They might not win the Big West regular season, but there's a lot of things they can do, especially if against this schedule where you still have. 
Long Beach State. You still have UC Irvine. You, I mean, you still have UC Santa Barbara. All three teams are still all three teams ahead of you in the standings. You still have to play, and I think if you if you do really well in those, you can build off of that, and then you can just head into Henderson and just be riding it. Because once you get to Henderson, all you got to do is win what four games, three games, something like that. So. I'm feeling good about Henderson. I'm feeling. I think for both teams, if you get hot at the right time, when both teams go to Henderson, I think they both have a good chance of getting to the end. It'll be night. It'll be interesting to see who they face along the way. But I won't be surprised if we can get there. Once yeah. we get there, then the surprise will happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it, but it's all going to come down to how they play in that first half of right. the, their first game. I mean, right. well, he is slow, traditionally slow starts as, you know. The What's nice is, though, like the defense also forces the other team to start slow so, at some points. That's true. And, then, and no matter what, whenever Hawaii is down big in the first quarter, I've just learned to be like, eh, it's fine. We'll win this game somehow. Who, who was that against? But we were like down terribly but we won in the end it was like a week or two ago was, was it, that uc san diego was that san uc san diego they were down like 20 <laughs> they went down 20 they were down like 18 or something yeah and then they they went on like this 15-0 run and so i i have faith in that team uh you know obviously injuries is gonna hurt them um excited to see what the future holds for laura beeman's team uh yeah i think they'll do well Hopefully they'll get a Big West championship. That'll be really funny in the end. If in the end they just come out on top anyways. Yeah. It would be fairly comical. <laughs> uh, but, you know, talking about champions, let's talk Ooh, about them. Is... There's a lot of drama on Twitter the last two days well, about these boys what's, our, what's in our co- men's volleyball yeah. squad. There's always a lot of drama on Twitter. It's just we just narrowed it down to the specific. It's a very niche community, men's <laughs> volleyball. <laughs> But Rainbow Warriors, they're coming off of two straight sweeps against Stanford. Uh, a little testy because uh, Stanford decided to get, you know, a little trash talky with us. And, you know, Chaz Galloway, you know, allowed himself to say, I will refute back and get a quick little yellow card, which is always funny to hear in men's volleyball whenever someone gets a yellow card. Yeah. Because immediately you're like, this isn't soccer. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, you know, decided to uh, f around, and you know, Stanford found out. <laughs> There's this amazing video that I found, uh, just roaming TikTok randomly, of the uh, second game against Stanford, where they were in the uh, was it the the this Burnham Pavilion, Bur- the Burnham Pavilion, and it's the final point uh, for Hawaii, and three quarters of this pavilion is filled with Hawaii fans. (laughs) And it's the Viking clap at Stanford. And it's like, God, man, this team, this fan base, it's just like, it makes you remember how, you know, well-loved Hawaii is on the mainland. So it's awesome to see that um, off the block, you know, they came out with their media poll. You know, of of course, Hawaii is number one. Uh, AVCAs, you know, of course, we're number one. But... There are some people that kind of choose to look at Hawaii and their scheduling and say, well, do they really deserve number one? Um, Because, yeah, you know, 
I'll give it to them a little bit. Last year and this year, there are some teams where initially you're like, I've never heard of this college in my life before. And, you know, whether it be one of the three Virgi- uh, Virginia schools that we North played. Carolina. North Carolina. Why do I do this? <laughs> I keep doing this. Where I, keep, where I mix up uh, Carolina and Virginia. It, maybe it's one of the Carolina schools that we played this year. Maybe it's Concordia University Irvine. Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> Because I remember there's a whole list of what not to call them. Do not call them Concordia Irvine. Or Concordia, California, or the Eagles. Yeah. They're the Golden Eagles. They're the Golden Eagles, the Concordia University Irvine you can go, Golden Eagles. You can go CUI, you can go Concordia, Concordia University Irvine. Just don't call them Concordia Irvine <laughs> or the Eagles. So, yeah, maybe it's that school. Maybe it's Long Island University whose logos are sharks. You know, cool for them. HPU wants a word with you. <laughs> um, but... I'll give it to, you know, the couple of people out there on Twitter that are like, I don't know. You know, they play these kind of no-name schools um, in in the hopes of, you know, growing the game. But is there a point where growing the game becomes – where it becomes just kind of counterintuitive to creating a good schedule? To which I say no. Because these are – I think uh, Tiff Wells said it the best. These are schools that don't necessarily, you know, get the attention that they deserve. One of what's the easiest way to give a lot of small schools attention? You have them play the number one team in the country. Exactly. Uh, And it's not like an Alabama versus the Citadel because that's a two different kind of environments of college football and college men's volleyball. Yes. We do have to say men's volleyball because it's hard when an institution decides to support one over the other in women's over men's. The, the other thing too is that volleyball is a religion in Hawaii. Yeah. Basically, you play. You go to any other school like Stanford has like thirty-seven sports. Yeah. So men's volleyball might not always be the center of attention. But Stanford volleyball. Yeah. Men's volleyball, especially, you know, is a really great program. Yeah. Of course, a great program that they threatened to cut a couple of years ago. Yes. But, you know, well, you a know lot what? of people got behind them and said, hey, don't cut this. I will say, though, that landed as Kyler Precious, so maybe. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for that. But, you know, thanks for, like, that's not cool that you didn't refuse to grow the game or something. I don't know what. I think I, I'm fine with, you know, Hawaii plays a great schedule. This is a tough schedule this year. When you look at it, you know, game by game, you go against Ball State and we what? Was it 3-1-3-1 or 3-0-3-1? No, it was, four, it was a pair of four-set wins. So a pair of four-set wins against Ball State. Um, number six, at, num, ranked number six at the time. Ranked number six at the time. You have um, two sweeps, two sweeps over the number eight team at the time, right? Mm-hmm. That was Stanford? Yeah. Um, sure, we play Concordia, University, Irvine, and then we play Long Island. Then we play Pepperdine. Mm-hmm. Then we play Purdue-Fort Wayne, who is nothing to sneeze about. I think they, they had a top 20 RPI last year. Right. You have this team. I don't know if you've heard of this school before. Penn State. Sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. They might have a big budget or something. And then there's this other small California school, UCLA. And then, oh, yeah, Big West play starts. And, you know, those are all trash teams, right? 
Long Beach State. Who's heard of that? What is that even? That's not even a state. Long Beach. That's an adjective and a noun. They play in a pyramid. That's not a real school. But look, obviously we're getting you know exaggerated over this. But to criticize you know Charlie Wade for scheduling schools that don't necessarily you know look really great. I just don't get that because some of these programs are really good programs. I think that well, I remember last year watching the Long Island team. I thought I thought they played a lot better than I thought they were going to play. Didn't they win a set? They I remember I think it was the first set of the first game and it was really close. And there were multiple times in that game in that set where I was like this team isn't that bad. There was last year where we played Edward Waters. I thought that was a really fun matchup. I think we just have to get over ourselves into wanting to see all of the best teams play each other. Guess what? It's going to happen. Be patient. If you're going to complain about a school not playing the best schools, maybe look at their schedule really quickly. Um, maybe you'll see that they'll play one of those teams in the near future. I saw someone rank, uh, I can't remember who it was off the top of my head. It was on the off the media poll where they ranked UCLA over Hawaii. And they said, well, maybe once they beat Long Beach, I'll put them back at number one. To which my response would be, who, do, who, does, who, who does Hawaii play in the game right before Long Beach State? UCLA. You'd think that if they would beat UCLA, then wouldn't they be number one? Then it... Okay, and then here's this other other possibility in this guy's mind. They lose to UCLA, and then they beat Long Beach State. Then you're going to put them above UCLA? In both worlds, this makes zero sense. So... I'm just saying, use your brain a little bit. Critically think about these situations. And don't put out stuff that just will get you a lot of comments and quote retweets for you on Twitter. Because in the end, you'll just look stupid for it. And that's, in my opinion, what this guy looks. Not MPSF bias. He's done a great job. I think a lot of his points that he makes, you know, some I don't disagree with. Some I do agree with. I love his Twitter. It's the other guy I do have an issue with because I don't understand his reasoning and his, like, future, like, oh, well, it'll be fine once this happens. Just think about it. Do some actual research and, you know, be educated about it. Was it Joe Worsley who was like, why did you, like... Yeah, shout out Joe Worsley, first of all. He was like, but, like, at this moment right now, they are the number one team. Hawaii is the number one team in the country. Right. And I've seen, like, someone argue that, oh, well, they play uh, Concordia University Irvine, a team that hasn't won since 2021. Didn't they just beat some – or did they push – did they beat Loyola well, or did they push them to five? I don't know. But it was like – But, like, to put someone down over a game they haven't even played yet is asinine. The other thing that I, I – the one that I was, like, the – I guess I guess, I guess I am talking about this is the MPSF bias. He was, like, there's – he. Hawaii has too many grow the game matches on, but it's like how? Why would you? That doesn't make sense. 
like one of the things that Charlie Wade, when I was talking to him about for our season preview, was they want to make room for new teams to to play so they can help grow the game, and it helps them Hawaii as well because they're like, oh, we can try different stuff with our first unit or play some of our bench guys to you know get them keep engaged and bring them along. And there was a point that he was like, yeah, at one point we didn't have a non-conference schedule. And I think it's a lot more fun because I'm pretty sure you Hawaii pays these people to come here. Right. So you're helping another program with funding as well, I guess, theoretically. And they get to come to... The, come they to, to come not only is it they come to the state of Hawaii, they receive the love from the University of Hawaii fans. Because, oh. look... The antis are awesome. Antis are awesome. And as long as you don't, like, do some, like, stupid stuff, we'll love you for it. If you play tough... You'll get the standing ovation from the Hawaii fans because overall, Hawaii fans just appreciate watching a good game. Yeah. We'll root for our team and we'll like scream if you're going for a free throw or a serve, you know, try to throw you off a little bit. But I don't think I've ever once seen, you know, you know, unless it's Long Beach State, uh, I don't think I've ever once seen vitriol from the University of Hawaii <laughs> fans. You know, unless you're Long Beach State. Uh, if you're, um, uh, what's his name? The, uh, coach from, uh, uh, UC, uh, not UC. Um, Maine, is it, uh, is it McLaughlin? No, no, the, no, no, no. No, for basketball. Oh, um, Russell Turner. Russell Turner. From Unless you're Irvine. Russell Turner or any Long Beach team, <laughs> I don't think there's been any vitriol from the University of Hawaii fans that I've seen, or if you're a bad ref. <laughs> 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 to which we see a lot. But uh, other than that, I just think, look, you come here, you come to you come to Paradise for a little bit, play some fun volleyball against the number one team of the nation. You play the best that you play because it's the number one team. And you get better because of it. Yeah. There's no cons in these situations other than two guys on Twitter will think that the number one team shouldn't be the number one team. The thing is, too, is that last year they played – Edward Waters and Long Island or LIU, whatever they refer to, both yeah. first-year programs. Yeah, they still ended up with the number one RPI. Right. So it's not like your schedule is like. And they lost to Long Beach. Yeah, so it's not like your schedule is just like a, <laughs> like a what do you call those like a easy peasy or whatever. Yeah, it's no Philadelphia Eagles schedule. It's no <laughs> it's no University of Georgia in twenty twenty three, for football. It was a hard <laughs> schedule, and it, we we talk we keep talking about how hard it's going to get down the line. I mean, you have pepper. It's, it's the Big West that makes it hard. It's to be honest. The other thing too is that you have maybe the bottom two teams in UC Santa Barbara and CSUN. They're still going to give Hawaii a really good yeah. fight. That's what I think. They're fun, and the, it's just the Big West. It is what it is. And like, look, sorry that all this is happening, and you know we have to be like this. But sometimes when you you just got to strut your stuff when you're the number one team. And yep. I feel like we've deserved to strut our stuff as two time national championship winners. Should be three. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think we can get off this topic, you know, so that our engagement on Twitter doesn't get too good. <laughs> to which is, you know, more than, you know, three engagements per post. <laughs> but to move on, uh, yeah. But to move on, let's talk about, you know, a game that we were at for this weekend, the Paradise Classic for Wahine Softball as Bob Coolin, Coolin the gang, you know. Go out and start off their season going three for three, or not three for three, three and three. Three and three. Um, Brianna Lopez went uh, two and one. I think they're 
are a lot of good lessons to learn from this three game three day classic. Um, there's a lot that you can celebrate as well. I think you know Brianna Lopez is doing what she can. We all know that she's probably going to be our better pitcher of this team. I really liked uh, Kiana Campbell-Pua. Uh, she's a freshman out here, and she did a pretty good job. You know, apart you know, uh, apart from a couple of bad innings here and there, she's a freshman. She'll figure it out. I mean, first first career start, the other, right? It, Friday, right? So, Friday, yeah. Man, so there's always going to be jitters right there. And overall. You know, the I think the top of the lineup could be a little bit better uh, hitting-wise. But I think you instantly find kind of instant solutions uh, with a lot of, you know, hitters that you didn't expect to perform like they did. With yeah. Haley Johnson, uh, Isabella, Mar- uh, Isabella Martinez also did pretty well. Rachel Soborin and Maya Bethay, though, I don't think you expect them to have the performance well, that they well, did. Well, I think Re- uh, Rachel Saboran, whose nickname is Bueller, right? Yes. Did you... And to which I asked Maya Nakamura, why is it that? She's like, oh, it's because it's from Ferris Bueller. And I was like, just. I'm like, cool. Okay. Okay. But I think, I can't remember, but well, um, I can't remember what the other home running was. And I think it was against St. Mary's on Saturday or something. But right. the one on Friday was a pinch hit three run bomb. So yeah. I, I, I don't think any of us were expecting that. No. And I think you're you're right at the top of the order. Maybe not the best hitting machine, but I think the pur- purpose is more you get on base, right? And your your nickname for the leadoff hitter. For Zhao Jin. For Zhao Jin. <laughs> the on-base queen. For, <laughs> at least on Friday, she was the on-base queen. Yeah. And I think there's it's going to get better as the year goes on. It's only been three days of the season. I'm excited to watch the rest of the year for the softball team. Uh, like I said, a lot to be excited for. I hope that at least Maya Buffet gets a lot more looks at the base. At the base, maybe you know, getting so- maybe moving her up a little more so she can hit more than just solo home runs. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of crazy because she only had what, like two. She only had two in the last two years that she was here. She hit three this past weekend, right? So, so that's a lot of really great, you know, stuff to look forward to for the future. I think for softball. Oh no question. And then they have a pretty. Fun, I would say pretty fun schedule coming up uh, soon because I think they head to UNLV for another classic where they're playing UNLV, Montana State, and someone else. Maybe someone else? I can't remember off the top of my head. I think they're playing Pittsburgh, Montana. And, oh, Montana, just regular And Montana. UNLV. No, no, not UNLV. I think they're playing like Bakersfield or something. Oh, it's just that they are at UNLV. Yeah, it was something weird. And oh I, yeah, and they play Bakersfield. You're right, which won't count for the Big West record. I, am I stupid, or did I like write the wrong team in like the schedule I, I sent out? <laughs> did you? I did. Yeah. <laughs> so they do play UNLV. Okay. But, uh, yeah. So we got in order. Monta- we have Montana. We have UNLV. CSU Bakersfield, ba- uh, UNLV, and Montana. So it's kind of like a quick uh, snake draft. Yeah, so I just sent the wrong teams out because I'm, I'm an idiot. So. <laughs> but I think it's going to be a fun little classic to have. Uh, once again, we'll probably get a good dose of Brianna Lopez again. Um, probably like, get Key at some point, right? Yeah, Key as well. I think those two are looking like to be kind of like our favorites for starting pitchers uh, as we head out for the season. Um, talking about, you know... More stuff here. 
This weekend is opening weekend for Hawaii baseball mm-hmm. as they take on Wright State in a sneaky good matchup. Because, you know, if you're a normal person, you probably have no idea uh, where Wright State even is. Because, first of all, you're like, huh, Wright State? That's not even a state. That's not even a state. And, you know, it's Ohio, so they do lean pretty right. Uh, <laughs> so it's you know, perfectly fittable there. So Wright State comes in. It's going to be a great game. You know, Rich Hill says it's good for our RPI. I believe they won their conference last year. So they're, they're the, the two-time defending uh, Horizon League regular season and tournament chance. So that's going to be a lot of fun to watch, I think, for this team because this is a Hawaii baseball that gets 13 players stronger. Uh, it's going to be a lot of rotation at the uh, pitching spot. But I think hitting-wise, it's going to be a lot of fun, I think, this weekend as well. Because, you know, there are a lot of guys that we remember from last year. Uh, Stone Meow, Ujimori, Matt Wong, the Donahues. Um, but I think this is going to be, you know, a fun weekend. So make sure you head down to Les Murakami. Uh When you're looking at this team, I mean, you could even go on to the season. Is there a guy that you're looking at that you're kind of excited to watch? Doesn't necessarily need to be that you think will be amazing, but is there a guy that you think you're going to be excited to watch out there? Oh, this is hard. This is hard to publicly announce it because I have, as if you don't know, I have a really bad. Well, just don't write a story about it. Then <laughs> you should be. Fine. I'd even write a story about, and then one, and I was like, I was like, and then the dude got hurt, so I was like, oh, so I I have to be a little more careful with who I pick, I guess, but um. I kind of want to see what this pitching staff does with what with what um, Matthew Troop and the staff do, and his uh, and what he does with this pitching with staff. Operation Swarm, with Tropical Swarm. Tropical Swarm. Yeah, um, the one name we keep we keep hearing is Harry Gustin. Um, you know, I don't know how it'll turn out, but um, he's the one that just keep him away from um, pop flies. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't just don't let him do um uh, shag fly balls on yeah, the warning track. Yeah. Please don't. <laughs> but yeah, he was one that they were like, yeah, he's taken massive strides since then. Um Ty I, Atkins, obviously. Ty Atkins, Dalton Rennie, those are all gonna be big you names. You see the return of Trevor Ichimura. Trevor Ichimura. Um as a pitcher, not as a batter. Yeah. <laughs> um, hopefully. And th- there were there were a lot of names. So um I think when the one thing I did write for the Kaleo photo essay that we submitted was um it sounded like Randy Abshire was like, it'll be him, Gustin, and uh, Alex Giroux from, I think he's from Washington. He's from, no, he's from, or- yeah, he's a transfer from Washington, but he uh, went to, or- but he's from Oregon. <laughs> so I don't, we'll see how it turns out. Obviously, Rich Hill was like, yeah, we're going to go with pretty much anybody. We're just going to make them guess, right, right. with Tropical Swarm. Because, um, and- like, you do lose two great guys in um, Blaze and uh Cade. So, you talk about pitchers. I'll talk about hitters. Yeah. I think it's fair to say I'm excited to watch at least the Donahues. Because I would say Kyson was one of our lone, like, power hitters for for at least the middle of the season. Where I felt like he was hitting a lot more of the home runs for the team. Then eventually, you know, people started to get, you know, a lot more power hitting warmed up. I think Kyson I'm really excited to watch because I just remember in the summer uh baseball leagues he was putting in a lot of really good work uh jordan donahue was also another guy that started to heat up by the end of the season i think hitting wise i think this team will be fun to watch do i hope that these will be four hour games again 
and they'll after every single hit they'll have a quick timeout. I, look over to Rich. Rich would give him like the touch on the lip. Uh, hold his arms out. Rub his shoulders. You know, in two different places. Every single bat. I really hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> you think, know, for for at least Josh Pacheco's sake, and you know all the broadcasters' sake, that they all you know have a quick, you know. Quick games this season. I draw the line at four and a half hours, I think. I think four hours is... I think most people draw the line at four hours. Well, four hours is like... It's like long, but it's like, okay, I've seen I've seen games go four hours. It's when it goes four and a half. It's yeah. like... Where it goes six and a half hours. Basically, if Steven <laughs> Sy misses his deadline, then yeah, that's too long. Right. But, I mean, you're right. I mean, when you look at the Donahue's... I, I, it's kind of funny because Kyson's more like... He'll hit for power almost. Jordan's like, I'll throw the bunt down and just beat you to the bag. Like, it's right. just... Two totally different things, and I kind of like that with the small ball. I like small. I like the the small ball was a lot of fun to watch. It was a lot of fun, especially when you have two speedsters like Jordan Donahue and Ni- Ni- Nigel 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 E. Calderon, and occasionally Scotty Scott as well got a couple in as well. I mean, it's it'll be fun. I think. Well, and with Hawaii being put at sixth in the coaches' poll for the Big West, that's definitely another, you know that's another trip, gives you it? that thing on your shoulder. Yeah. It's going to bring out the dog in everybody. <laughs> That's what we need. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you know, I really hope that it's a fun season. I saw they also got a first-place vote. They had a little one next to their name. Was that Rich? or did he I don't know? think you're allowed to vote for yourself. <laughs> so you never know. Um, but, yeah, you know, there's a lot going on this weekend. So make sure, you know, check Hawaii Athletics uh, in case we forget something. But now I am going to attempt to go down this list of stuff that's going on, at least for the sports that we talked about. Uh, I believe Wahine basketball, is that a Saturday, it's Monday? It's a Saturday, Monday game. Which so that's is, a Saturday, Monday week. Which is not... Not what? fun. Laura Beeman uh, this morning on the Sports Animals had a... <laughs> Had a whole talk about it. How uh, it was funny. This will be a interesting off season with the coaches and the because she was like she was asked about this after the first one. I was yeah. like, no coach I have talked to in the Big West likes this. Right. So I'm assuming that like <laughs> she. I'm I'm not assuming she's. I'm assuming she's right because well because now we'll have a Thursday game next week. Yeah, and they're they're traveling too. So, so you're basically playing Monday. So not so not only are Wahine terrible normally on Thursdays on the traveling week, now they'll have to recover from a game only two days later. It gets worse because I'm assuming for a Thursday game they're gonna leave on Tuesday. So you would right. play Monday and then get on a plane the next morning right. to go to I don't know where they're going. I think CSUN or something. I think so. But but like I said, so that's going to be on Saturday and um, Monday, respectfully, respectively, against Long Beach and, and CSU Bakersfield. CSU Bakersfield. Same For, same deal with men's basketball. Same deal with men's basketball, but away. Yeah. Uh, if in case you were flying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you're for, in California. For uh, baseball. It's going to be the four game four games this four week. Games, four games in three where days. Where it's going to be on Friday at seven. On Saturday is the doubleheader. I think it's one, and then they said five, but I'm assuming it's like 40 minutes after. It starts at one. How about that? The doubleheader will start at one. The second game, just go to Les Murakami and see where the game is at. (laughs) (laughs) And then on Sunday, I believe that's at uh, one. One, one, and then we have to talk men's volleyball Thursday, Friday. Yeah, men's. Seven o'clock. 
Perfect. Um, no radio, no no TV on Friday, I believe, because they're covering baseball. Right. So listen. Radio to, will have all of these. Yeah. So listen to TIFF or just you know go to the game yeah. if you're able to. Um, a lot of great stuff happening on campus. You know, a lot of interesting events. A lot of you know stuff is going on in the world right now. It's not even not even sports either. I just found out that uh. That they're, because it's Valentine's Day, they're selling flowers in the campus or roses in the campus center courtyard. Oh, that's very nice. So I guess apparently if we drop the person's name, so drop Bodhi's name, I guess. Perfect. He gets a quota, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, I'll have to, we'll have to double check with that. But Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, yeah, I think that's a great way to tie the bow on this week. You know, happy Valentine's Day to everyone. Uh, this will not be released on the same day as Valentine's Day, so it'll be very funny. <laughs> um, but yeah. I think that's a great way to end it off, you know, to end it off, you know, quick Hawaii football tangent uh, for all the people that are waiting for it. Shout out to former offensive line coach Elite Terry. He was one of the good ones in the Todd Graham era, <laughs> according to many Hawaii football players who I have, you know, heard from in the past. He, I believe it was him and um, the guy from Auburn. Oh, Marcus Davis. Yeah, Marcus Davis. They were like one of the two good ones that kept the love alive for the teams. Uh-huh. Cody Cook, too. And Cody Cook as well. And so, Abe. Yeah, well, Abe was here before. Abe was here before. Abe and Yoro were here before. I'm yep. talking about people that were brought in with Todd. Yeah. And so, yeah, so shout out to Alik Terry. Uh, he is now the uh, offensive line coach for Oregon after spending uh, uh, this year with the Minnesota Vikings. So congratulations to him hopefully you know he sees you know more success in the future uh than he did when he was coaching at the university of hawaii (laughs) but yeah congratulations to him um thank you everyone for listening um you know thoughts and prayers i'll repeat once again to the east lansing community to anyone you know who does have a friend at michigan state a relative a family member you know, thoughts and prayers to those affected. And hopefully this doesn't become another event that'll just be swept under the rug like many, like all of the other mass shootings that have already happened uh, this point of the year. Uh, I know, great note to end off on, but it sure is poignant, uh, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you we get the point across. Yeah, exactly. Well, with the point across now, this is Tanner Hayworth, Reese Nagaoka. Thank you very much for listening and have a great day.